0: Hey guys, Zach Gifford here with, for Nerds on the Black. We're on the 6th or 7th episode. It's been a few weeks, I don't remember exactly. Um, we'll be talking the baseball <laughs> stoppage. Um, well, stoppage if you want to call it that. Uh, we'll be talking about the the 2020 season, whether that's going to happen or not. The deal that the player or the owners are trying to strike with the players. Um, hopefully, if you're like me, you're watching the... Uh, The game six um, up on ESPN 2011 game six is on. We'll have that in the background here. I hope it's muted. I have no idea how this is going to sound. It seems like every time I do one of these podcasts, I run into a new um, audio or streaming issue. Uh, This one appears to be no different. Um, This time, for whatever reason, my mic wasn't working. Um, It might still might not be working still. Um, I'm not totally sure. So if you guys can hear me, let me know. If there's issues, also let me know. Um, it looks like on my laptop there's probably an issue. Maybe this is better. Um, hard to tell. Let me know in the comments if you guys can hear me. Trying to, um, like I said, I, I really don't know what the, what the issue is here, but um, whatever. We'll talk about the owners, um, the deal they're trying to strike with the players having to split the uh, revenue 50-50. We'll talk about whether we think there's going to be a 2020 season at all, um, when we think the first game is going to be played. Um, Like I said, right now, it looks like the game might be about to come back. Uh Hopefully, I don't know how permitted this is, but luckily I make no money, so fair use should maybe, hopefully, hold up. Um, so, yeah, I think for me, starting out with the recent um proposal from the owners in the MLB, Uh so... Back in March, kind of to preface this, back in March, the players agreed with the owners, the MLB Players Association agreed with the owners to prorate the players' salaries based on the number of games played in the 2020 season. So for a while, um, you had owners who their interests, uh, their incentives were to get as many games played so they could get people in the the door, they could get more TV revenue, um, more beer concession sales, all that stuff. Um, For the players, there was incentive to play more games because that was how they were going to get paid more. So there was talk of doubleheaders, 7-8 games, expanded rosters to kind of accommodate the extra time playing and all that stuff. Um, It came out uh, maybe this week or last that the owners, now realizing that fans probably won't be able to attend the games, um, the owners are now realizing that, the you know, the top line isn't going to be uh, as high probably as they once thought. So um, I think this was something like when we went back in March, there there was talk definitely about playing games without fans. And, you know, maybe if we did that, games could return by May. I think, you know, maybe everybody was a little optimistic there. It seems like, you know, crowds are going to be um, – we're going to be missing crowds for a long time. Um and so the owners, when they when they struck that deal, probably overestimated how much risk there was in the in what they were estimating, I guess, um, for the 2020 season. So now they go back to the players and they say, hey, you know, we want to split revenue 50-50. The problem with splitting revenue 50-50 is, first, what's revenue? Because for MLB teams, they get money from... I just take the St. Louis Cardinals. They get money from Fox Sports Midwest. I think they have a stake in the... I think they have an equity stake in Fox Sports Midwest, so they get some income from that. Um, they have Ballpark Village, and I think is Ballpark Village 2 built now also? Um, but they have Ballpark Village, that's revenue. They have gate receipts, they have MLB revenue sharing, they have MLB advanced media, they have all that. So what? first you have to define what's revenue. What are the players splitting 50-50 with the owners? Is it just gate receipts? Because that's going to be nothing. Um, is, it just, is there going to be some kind of entity restriction on like, you know, this is Fox Sports Midwest revenue. It's, you know, it's not anything that's going to get touched by the players because there's, a, you know, already a defined contract there between the Cardinals and Fox Sports Midwest. Um, national broadcast revenue, MLB revenue sharing, like what, you know, what what of that gets split? So for the from the players' perspective, there's uncertainty, one, as to what even revenue is going to be, and then two, and forecasting revenue. Second, they already agreed in March to with the owners to prorate their salaries. To me, that's essentially like, MLB furloughing the employees, so um, obviously, I think it's been said, like, a lot of the, the minor league players, and I assume the major league players, are keeping all their all the, like health insurance and everything else that the teams provide. They're obviously not getting paid, um, or at least barely getting paid right now, but um, it, it basically, by not starting the season and agreeing to prorate their salaries, they're saying if we play 50% of the season, we're only going to get paid for the portion of the season that we play. It's the same as furloughing anybody who's working hourly or salary. That I think is the most that you could expect the players to do. The players voluntarily did that. There wasn't the owners didn't have to go and terminate any contracts. They didn't have to adjust any contracts. The the, the players just came out and said, "We're we understand that this is like the going to be an issue for us to have baseball." What's up, Joe? Um, Good to see you in the chat, Joe. Um, I think that maybe I can actually see the chat this time. My phone looks kind of weird. I don't know how it's going to show up on everybody else's Periscope. Um, but hopefully, it, hopefully things go well for so for the players you already agreed to pro your salaries. I think that's as, as much as they needed to do. They did it without having, without making the owners or MLB go back and adjust any contracts um, because they're basically, I mean, they're being paid. I, I don't know how these things are written, but if you're contracted for $10 million for the 2020 season, I doubt that those contracts specify any pro rating for like a stoppage due to a pandemic. Um, there's probably some language in there about, about labor stoppages, but... Um, it's a little, so I, I don't think that they would have had to, they probably had a case that they could have got full salary. So they already went and prorated it again. Now the owners are trying to pass on risk that, Hey, maybe revenues aren't going to be as high as we thought. Maybe we're going to have losses. Uh, MLB franchises haven't had losses in value and probably, I don't know, at least 20 years. Um, if you look at Forbes, the average team now is worth some odd billion. I think it's probably 2 billion, um, but the average losses per game, according to the owners that they're that they're projecting, are about I think it was six hundred thousand in losses per game. It just doesn't seem totally reasonable. It seems like they're excluding something. Um, and even if it even if it is true, there are times when you run a business, when you own a business, which obviously these owners treat these teams as businesses. They aren't. They're not in it to just throw money at things and um, not pay attention to either the return on their investment or the the profit annually. Um, there's a risk when you own a business that you lose money. Restaurant owners are going through it. Retailers are going through it. Public companies are going through it. Um, private companies are going through it. Baseball should have to go through it, too. You can't pass on the risk of ownership to your employees. That's not, it's just not a risk that they should be be required to take on. That's not part of being a contracted employee. Hey, Tara, how's it going? Um, I saw you were on the other day. I missed it. I've I've had my hands full a little bit with Archer, who luckily is asleep right now, uh, totally out on the floor. Um, He's been a little bit of a handful the last few days. Potty training has not gone anywhere uh, in the last two weeks, but he's grained like 10 pounds probably since the last Periscope he was on. Uh, If he wakes up, he can make an appearance, but uh, his bedtime appears to be 8 o'clock on a normal normal night now. how does the, I can't really tell, it doesn't look like on my screen, at least on my Periscope screen, that the, um, the baseball is coming through. Is that true? If you guys can tell me in the comments, is the baseball still coming through? Because on my laptop, I just saw Craig hit a home run on my phone. I see a mental fitness app stuck there. So um, if we can see, if you guys can let me know, because that might be not worth showing, um, nobody needs to see a mental fitness app with my head in the corner. Um, it might also be totally frozen. I can't really tell. So let me know if you see that in the comments. Um, yeah, so I think back to, back to baseball and the owners, the owners came according to a John Heyman report. Um, the owners came back. Okay. So you guys do see it. That's good because right now I see, um, okay. Awesome. Cause I have. Like I said, my phone screen looks to be totally frozen, um, which is how I try to gauge whether the on-screen stuff is going well um, compared to what it's showing on my laptop. So the illegal feed looks great. Yes, gifts. Uh, Luckily, there's only 20 people on here, so I doubt, I hope, that ESPN and Comcast aren't going to be coming after me. If they do, maybe I can owe them 20 cents. Uh, But they also made me pay for like four tech visits that did nothing, so maybe they owe me one. Um, So, yeah, going back to the owners. and The owners, according to a John Heyman report, and now I'm back to the MLB Players Association, and basically said either, A, we're not going to play baseball until we can have fans in the seats. Uh, Probably, I would assume that means at pretty full capacity. Um, Or the players should have to come up with a with an alternative plan that the owners will then agree to financially in order to have, to have games. So the players will have to decide basically what amount will they get paid that the owners will accept. I, that's a totally ludicrous thought. I think the, the only like with the owners, I get from some perspective that when they, make, when they sign this agreement in March, they didn't. There was definitely risk that we didn't fully understand how much coronavirus um, was going to impact sports in the long term. I think we're starting just now to see states open back up. I remember um, kind of when this lockout first started, um, and actually, really when this podcast first started, before we killed baseball, uh, Memorial Day weekend was kind of a targeted start date for. The major leagues. Uh, I think that probably would have had to include another three or four weeks of spring training leading up to it. Um, we're not even close to that right now. I I saw that Florida, the the Miami Marlins, were just approved uh, this week to bring their uh, their forty man roster back down to the spring training facility in Florida. But one that assumes that players can get back. Uh, there's still an international <laughs> There's still an international travel ban, um, I think, in a lot of countries, so it might be difficult to get any international players who went home back to um, the, the facility in Jupiter. There's also just the general concern with the, with the rules that have been laid out for the spring training in that uh, people couldn't take showers in the locker room, they couldn't spot each other in the weight room, they had to do only individual workouts – so if you can only do individual workouts, you can't have a pitcher throwing to a catcher. You can't have hitters taking batting practice. There's a giant uh, – there's just a huge disconnect in, like, what we're, what you're going to be able to do versus, um, versus, like, what's needed. And so I think it gets to a certain point. And if you remember the rules for the MLBs, or at least the guidelines that they laid out for a return to baseball is that, like, players couldn't high-five, they couldn't spit, they couldn't choose C's, they couldn't choose tobacco. Which is already, I think, tobacco's already been banned in nationally televised games. Um, I don't know that that's a huge deal, um, but it's just it, it gets to a point I think for me where the like if the hoops you have to to jump through are that serious, um, maybe you should just kind of table the idea. Having a season like that, we'd still have to get a ton of testing done. Uh, the players would have to take it, it. I assume it would be daily, at least if not. We, I mean, weekly or daily testing. I assume daily. I don't. Th- they're going to be taking tests away from the public because nobody's, you know, even if you're only taking. I don't know how many tests they would take for for a season if you had to do it daily or a couple times a week. Um, but there's still a stigma out there that if pro athletes are able to get tests easier than the general public that they're getting preferential treatment. MLB has already said they don't want to be seen as getting preferential treatment. I think the NBA has done the same. So it's hard for me to see a scenario where even like what they've done with the KBO in Korea, where you have games without, you know, you have games without fans, sometimes uh, cutouts of fans. I just don't know in the U S there's a lot, there's just a lot of pressure to, um to kind of lay back and let the public get things it needs first and that's fair um but it, again if we're talking about we need x amount of tests a day we need we can't spit we can't chew tobacco we can't chew seeds we can't high five we can't fist bump we can't take showers in the locker room you can't you know you can't share equipment like it's just a certain thing like if you have to jump through that many hoops, is it really worth jumping through that many hoops? Or maybe you should kind of take a step back and say, this is what we have to do to make things happen, it maybe just shouldn't happen. And that sucks. Like, I want baseball more than anybody. I started a podcast thinking that there would be a baseball season, and then uh, within a week, probably, or two of the podcast starting, baseball was canceled, and it continues getting canceled for longer and longer. Um, I feel like most of it, probably, like, 90% of my social life revolves around sports. So right now, you know, hanging out with the roommates, have a dog, um, but like a lot of that's been been quiet. So I want sports back, probably as much as anybody. Um, but looking at it realistically, it just doesn't seem like there's a scenario for baseball in 2020 with the, with the pressure the owners are putting on the players to get um, to get a deal done. There's a difference between being thorough in prevention and ignoring risk. That's true. Um, I think the MLB's plan is definitely from at least from like what we've seen. Seems thorough. Um, I think there's some things that like I I don't know that they totally make sense. Um, like, is everything that they're doing necessary? Yeah, when there, when there's that much prevention required, it's probably not smart. Tara, I agree. I don't think that, I think maybe we could, I remember seeing a plan for NCAA basketball to as an example of what I'm thinking because I, I can't think of good words for it. There's a plan for NCAA basketball when they were talking um, about potentially having the conference tournaments in the NCAA tournament that they would require dead balls for the ball to be, like, wiped off with a Clorox wipe. Um, that's something where, like, from a practicality standpoint, it makes literally no difference. If you have players sweating all over the place, the ball is going to have ten different people sweat on it again within, I don't know, a minute of being on the floor um, after a dead ball. So it's great that you wipe it off at a dead ball. It really doesn't do anything. It's just kind of like a show of, of hey, we're doing our part to try to, to try to prevent this while we're having the sport. I think for baseball, there's definitely some of that. Um, the, but, I mean, they are, to their credit, like they're doing real things to try to limit contact. They're doing real things to try to limit, like, spittle in the air. Um, doing solo workouts only, like, I can they play catch? I, I just don't know. I haven't read enough about it. Um, but there's definitely, with the testing, they're saying – this is another thing they're saying publicly that they don't want to take tests from the public. But at the end of the day, like they're not going to be taking a huge portion of the available tests. It's just a show of, do they have preferential treatment or not? Like if they, if an MLB player can get tested 90 times in three months, why can't somebody who has a cold get tested? Um, and so I, I don't know. We'll see. Again, there's states that are starting to like New York is trying to kind of open up. I saw um, that so NASCAR started um, with social distancing rules. Uh, UFC is still still going, which I don't know how that works since there's a lot of physical contact and bodily fluid. Um, New York is saying they're you know they're open. Uh, the Belmont is scheduled will be the first leg of the uh, Triple Crown race for the first time. Uh, We're going to move my head a little bit because I realized that there's not a good... It's right in the right-handed batter's box, and there's a right-hander that we want to see soon. Um, This probably isn't better, but whatever. We'll see. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I think that... I I don't know. I want, like I said, I want things to return to normal uh, as soon as we can. It doesn't seem like that is going to include baseball in 2020 to me, which has made, um, you know, being a baseball blogger, being a baseball fan, a little bit tougher right now. But we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, make do, we'll, we'll deal with what we need to do, and then hopefully we'll be back. Hopefully we'll be back this year. I think I'm probably more setting my sights on 2021. I did see um, today in other news uh, involving Wrigley Field, actually. I was going to go to a Weezer, Green Day, and... Fall Out Boy I think concert in August Kyle you appreciate the word spittle uh, I'm glad I was going to go to a, a yeah Weezer Fall Out Boy and Green Day concert in August um, a couple of weeks ago J.B. Pritzker governor of Illinois and um, I don't think Lori Lightfoot was involved in this press release but Pritzker released like a five phase plan on how to Uh, on how to open Illinois back up. Um, That plan included no gatherings of more than 50 people um, in public spaces. As soon as he made that declaration, until there's a vaccine. So no gatherings of more than 50 people until there's a vaccine. As soon as he made that declaration, the baseball season in Illinois was over. You can't, the White Sox, uh, the White Sox maybe could have games. I think they had one game last year where they had like 50 people at. Um, It was also 35 degrees and a Wednesday in April. Um, or March but the Cubs games Cubs games are definitely gonna have more than 50 people uh, the concert that I was going going to go to uh, again it really a great iconic combination of Weezer Fall Out Boy and Green Day that was going to have more than 50 people and that has now been canceled in classic ticket master fashion they're giving us the option to roll our tickets into the next concert whenever it's announced or get a refund um, within 30 days of whenever the next concert date is announced. So Ticketmaster will be holding my money, I'm sure, for months. Um, They'll probably be holding it after because if this concert really is going to happen, I'm going to go. Um, But, I mean, it's just one of those things, like you're seeing public events in stadiums being canceled, like, months out. Obviously, there's a difference between... A concert and a baseball game at Wrigley—one can have, one can go on without fans and still kind of have um, the substance there. A concert without fans doesn't really make any sense, uh, but it, it's just the hurdles are going to be—the hurdles are huge. You have to get alignment on how many states is the MLB in. It's probably you have—it's obviously not thirty because you have two teams in Chicago and like several teams in California, a couple in Texas. So, let's say baseball's in—I don't know—25 states. Um, you have to get alignment on 25 states on like what's okay to open back up. Um, especially with the owners saying now that they're not doing baseball without the fans. You can't say that kind of wipes out the Arizona plan. It wipes out the Arizona Florida plan. It wipes out the Arizona Texas Florida fan Florida plan because those games aren't going to have that that many fans, if any. Um, there's just not enough of a fan base in Phoenix to support like a Blue Jays and Orioles game and I don't know like those regular season games probably aren't the biggest obviously aren't the biggest ones anyways but if the owners aren't going to play without fans um, being you know, being in the stands or players taking a more significant salary cut um, it just doesn't seem like like any of the plans to kind of use remote sites are going to going to work either so i think we're down to it we're, we're at a point where it's either up to the players to basically volunteer to take even less money than they've already volunteered not to take um or there just won't be baseball until there's a vaccine vaccine uh, i saw one in like phase two trials um but that's still so far away um so i don't know i if you guys have i don't know if you guys have thoughts in the comments i think they maybe are still coming through it's kind of hard to tell Um, Be interested to hear like what what people are thinking on just kind of the general landscape. I mean, it's been tough. um, Definitely been tough to stay to stay optimistic. Um, I'm hoping I watch. uh, I'm looking forward to like the return of kind of individual sports. So it seems like I'm not a NASCAR fan. I won't watch NASCAR, Um, but I did see. Uh, it was Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, Ricky Fowler, and Matt Wolf uh, played a charity match, charity skins match of golf over the weekend. Um, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson are doing something this this coming weekend with Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Those aren't really sports in the sense that I want, you know, that I want competitive sports, but they're at least something. I think there is more hope for a sport like golf or tennis to get back before a team sport like, uh, like baseball, like the NBA. Uh, I think there's a lot of momentum. You have a lot of people that are trying to get college, you know, get get stadiums ready for college football. Um, that's going to be, I think, college football. It would be an absolute disaster if it happened. Um, between the tailgating, and the heat, and Uh, It just seems hard. Um, Kyle tried counting, and you think it's 18 states. Does that sound right? I have no idea. I mean, California has four. I think four. Five Padres. Two LA, San Diego, two in the Bay. So that already knocks you down to, like, 26. New York, 25. Chicago, 24. That could be right. I don't know. I would need a map. But, yeah, I mean, either way, even if it's 18, I think 18 is probably, like, even, even if it's 15, you think you can get 15 states to agree on what to do? Illinois is, Illinois is closed until we have a vaccine and Missouri is opening up, um, you know, already. And that's not to say, like, I think for Illinois, there's a, the, the guidelines in Illinois are a lot more focused on um, that they likely do no fans at college games. It's true, but like what's college football without the fans? I mean, that was like half of half of the experience I feel like is it is like the the just the college atmosphere. And it's like you already have colleges that are not invite, you know, not doing uh in person classes. Um obviously there's restriction there's gonna be restrictions on how many people can be in the stands. It just it's gonna be it would be a totally di- different vibe and maybe it happens, but it just seems like a a spot where, like, it, it, it's ripe for, like, a really, really close federal eye um, or state, you know, state, municipality, whatever it is, kind of overwatch. Um, what was I saying before that? I don't remember. Got sidetracked by a comment. That's how – I should – I, I need to be better. Then you're going to run into the issues with the eligibility players. That's true. Spring sports are kind of already saying that. So I remember, if you remember the NCAA, uh, regarding the eligibility issues if they don't have a season. Uh, So the NCAA for spring sports granted an extra year of eligibility to, I think, is it maybe, it might just be seniors. I don't know if it's everybody, but they granted an extra year of eligibility to at least some players. And then it's kind of like, a roster crunch and they did, I think, expand rosters for, for baseball. Um, but there is definitely like a roster crunch. There's kind of, uh, I don't want to say like, it it definitely changes like freshmen coming in. It changes the expectations that they have for the out, for the kind of outlook of the team and their role. It changes. you have underclassmen have worked for a few years. It changes what they're going to be expecting to do next year. Obviously not every, every player takes it. I know there's, Um, some Illinois baseball players, some Illinois golfers that just decided it was time to move on. Uh, But it's definitely you're going to have more with the spring sports, with the people getting extra eligibility, you're going to have more players. If that's what they decide to do, um, if you don't have fall sports, you're going to see the same kind of thing where, like, coaches are going to have to do a kind of a sweep of their roster and try to decide who's worth. And I, I hate to say it this way, but they're gonna to have to do a sweep of their roster to see like who's worth keeping on, right? And it's it's a, something that coaches do every every year, um, especially with all the with the transfer environment now. But it's not something that they plan to do for you know dozens of athletes and in, in for football for you know if normal football class size. I think is. 21 players like you're not you're not usually planning around whether uh, like which 20 players you're gonna have to drop from the prior year and obviously I'm sure they'd get some expansion um, but the cap the scholarship cap right now is at 85 for college football um, you bring back a class of 20 to 25 seniors all of a sudden you have to get 105 players down to 85 or maybe down to 95 it just doesn't seem It's not a position I want to be in. Those coaches, I'm sure, all love all their kids. Should teammates all love each other. That's just not a situation that I would want to find myself in. It's probably what's going to happen, though, if we don't have a season. Um, But we'll see. Um, I think, yeah, maybe fanless college football, maybe that's what we're headed for. I I think I would hate it. Um, And, again, that's something where, like, does a fanless college football – make money for the athletic departments. I know athletic departments are always technically supposed to be break even, but they do have to make money on football and basketball to support the other sports. So it'd be interesting to see like financially, if it even makes sense for them to try to roll it out and try to get that um, production. And I don't know how much it costs to, to run a, a football program. Hopefully, you know, the TV revenue would cover it. Um, but obviously like not every, like Illinois games are almost never on on Huge, you know, at least not huge TV. So, I'm sure that a portion of their their budget relies on on ticket sales, uh, which they don't get a lot of either. But that's fine. Yeah, I mean, back to the original point. I guess you're trying to get. Um, Ole Miss had a potential first rounder in 2021 under the transfer portal today. Is that for football? I feel like Ole Miss. So the Ole Miss Mississippi State rivalry if we don't have college football this year, I was really looking forward to Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach um, going at it in the Egg Bowl. Um, I, they're like the two I, – I, Mike Leach has done – they've both done really questionable things. Uh, and by questionable, I mean bad. Uh, but they both, they're both entertaining. And it's like you're going to have – the fact that you would have Lane Kiffin back – in the SEC, where he has kind of the, his beef with with Saban, um, I'm sure he has beef all around that conference. And then you have Mike Leach. Like the the lead ups to some of those games are going to be hilarious. Uh, I really like you know if you if you believe that. And I think Leach said something really stupid as soon as he got to Mississippi State, uh, and they're trying to like make him culturally aware that he's in in Mississippi and. Um, there's certain things you can't say anymore, uh, or that you shouldn't say anyways, but that you definitely shouldn't like make light of uh, in that in the state. I think it would be. He is a funny coach usually, and like some of his speeches, the way his players talk about him, he sounds like a funny guy. And like I was looking forward to him, uh, you know, building up the games, trying to bring his style of football to the SEC, just to see how that would work. Um, obviously you know, hopefully we get to see it. I'm guessing we, it's just, it's tough. I mean, it was one of those things like that's just like a little, Oh, a short See Kyle. I don't, (laughs) unfortunately I don't follow college baseball. Um, but yeah, that's for those of you that follow college baseball, Connor Walsh shortstop on Ole Miss, a potential first rounder in 2021, apparently entered the transfer portal. Um, I don't know where he expects to play, um, I would think that Ole Miss would be one of the better better programs, and I wonder if he'll try to transfer another SEC school. That's uh, interesting. But, yeah, I mean, you just – I think you're going to see a lot of transfers. Luckily, the environment um, for transfers right now is uh, probably better than it's ever been. The NCA did uh, advise against a, a rule that would allow transfers to not have to sit out a year. Um, which I think will probably curb how much transfer activity there is. I think if you gave everyone one free transfer uh, next season, just would be totally nuts uh, for every sport. So it's probably a good thing that they're they're kind of keeping a wrap on that for now. But um, it's definitely going to definitely losing the spring the spring season having to granting an extra year of eligibility to. To a lot of players, um, if you have to do the same thing for fall, if you have to do the same thing, hopefully not for winter sports, but potentially, I mean, if, not, if we don't have a vaccine until 2021, um, you're looking at a real, a real weird situation um, whenever, whenever college sports do come back. Um, that's probably one thing about that where pro sports have an advantage in this is that they can just kind of like sort of move on. Um, Like, for the Cardinals, like, Molina's contract expires after this year. If you don't have a season, it expires whether you had a season or not. Like, they're not going in and um, they're not going to go back and change, um, you know, they're not going to go back and change everyone's contracts to extend a year based on uh, not having a season. I don't think the players would want that. I don't think the Players Association would want that. that. I don't think GMs would want that. You're kind of planning long term around losing people, anyways. Um, Whereas in college, yeah, if the NCAA grants an extra year, those guys can kind of choose to stay whether they want to or not. You're not, you still have the same flexibility that you have um, if you're paying players, uh, which the NCAA probably should allow people to be paid. They did pass um, a rule that will allow players to make money off endorsements or something. Um, We'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm not totally sure. what just happened on my TV. Uh, Yeah, so unfortunately, we did not make it to the end of this game. I am going to cut it short here. Um, This was... I'm glad to be back on with you guys. Um, Hopefully, we'll be uh, talking about more baseball again soon, Um, whether that's in a month, next year. Hopefully, it's sooner rather than later uh, maybe we can hold out for July 4th for famous games uh, glad again thanks again for joining uh, appreciate you guys I know I definitely appreciate the support on this um, given the lack of sport activity we have lack of baseball activity we have um, it's uh, it's good to be able to kind of have a community where we're able to do this um, so this is at Gifford for Birds on the Black signing off and I'll see you guys whenever we do this again Thanks.